0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. First of all, I, uh, when I woke up this morning, I had a, a message from Pastor uh, Paul Chase in Manila, Philippines, and he sent me a prophecy from Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. I had something happen to me Oh, I don't know. It's been, I think it's been within the past six months. I was talking with a minister. And we were talking about uh, men of God and and their ministry and their impact upon our lives. And not only just upon our lives personally, we were talking about the impact of a particular minister on our lives. And a, a statement was made, and I didn't make it, but it was made, and it was this. Well, you know, I don't even mention this person anymore because most people in my church or most people that I know would not even know them. And I thought to myself, yeah, you know, and that kind of just kind of got in me and just kind of, I didn't, it it just didn't, you ever had something that you, you heard it and you thought, but then as the days and weeks, it just didn't settle on the inside of you, you know? And uh, I know that there's a a previous generation that has, for the most part, uh, gone on to their reward, gone on to be with the Lord, and great is their reward. But you don't understand, uh, many of you don't understand the impact that many of these men of God have had upon uh, our family, uh, uh, my dad, my mom, uh, my sister, my brother and I, and now my, my family, my, my wife and, and my daughter, uh, my daughter wouldn't be here except for one of those men, and that's Dr. Oral Roberts, who ministered to Leah and I supernaturally and powerfully, and God gave us a miracle, and she's sitting right there on the front row with her mom right now. I mean, it's, how can you get away from that? But, but this prophecy was by a man, if you don't know him, I challenge you to go maybe do a little research on him. His name is Kenneth e. Hagan. And Brother Hagin is very, very dear to me. Uh, I read these prophecies, I go back to read his books, and sometimes I, I just weep. And one reason is I miss him. I just miss sitting in those meetings with those masses of people and sensing that anointing and watching a true prophet of God, a true prophet of God, get up, and open his mouth and tell people this is what God is saying. And his, his ministry was, was, uh, was exclamated by that. It was accentuated by that. A lot of people, they don't agree with him, they don't like him, but I'm telling you, he changed the, he changed the composition of the body of Christ by the very simple teaching of faith that you can just believe God. He was a man that when he was born, he was given up to die. There was no life in him when he was born. His grandmother uh, sensed a spark of life in him. He weighed something less than a pound when he was born. His grandmother said, you look like a dead rat. The doctor pronounced him dead twice, and thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And by the time he was 17, he was an invalid in bed totally paralyzed, no hope, given up to die, three diseases, any one of which could could have killed him. But you know, this this book right here, this Bible, his grandma, I heard him say it a thousand times, from his grandma's Methodist Bible, he saw in the Word of God, in Mark 11, verse 24, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive Him. He said, if there is a God, I'm going to trust Him to be healed. And he walked off of that deathbed and he had 63 years of the most incredible ministry on this earth. And anybody that ever sat in any of his meetings, how many have been in Brother Kenneth e. Hagin's meetings? Raise your hand. See, that's not very many of us. That's not very many of us. But we that have been can testify he was a true prophet of God. And his prophecies ring very true today. I've read, You can get in the internet and dig around and find some. This one I had not heard, but I thought I needed to read it today because as we have, we have uh, designed our Fall Harvest Conference to be called a time to awaken. And I, I believe in my spirit more than any other time in history, the church is going to have to awaken. That we really don't, I mean, we're going through the motions of everything that's going on in the earth just like everybody else is, and that's not right. Listen, we have a, here in this house right now, there's a call to prayer again. We did it last year, 122 days straight. Right now we just have it scheduled for our services before our Sunday morning service, before our Wednesday night service, and on Thursday night we've had uh, designed what we call pastoral prayer, a time of praying with me as we pray these things out. You need to be there, not because we want to gather a crowd of people to do anything. You need to be there because the day demands it. Listen, if we don't respond to the day and the hour, think of all the passive people that in Jesus' day, you know, they, they, they stood on the peripheral of the crowd. They kind of went whichever way the crowd went. One day they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. The next day they were crying, crucify him, crucify him. That's what the world looks like. But the church was in turmoil at the time. The number one apostle, he, listen, he he denied Jesus three times. It was a very uh, awesome thing. It was all, everybody knew of the gruff fisherman that had denied him. His character was broken. His heart was broken. But you know, Jesus rose from the dead to restore He rose from the dead to restore. And I'm telling you, the earth right now is crying out. They have no answer. They have no answer for COVID. They have no answer for the treatments of the vaccines. They have no answer for the terrorism that's coming on the earth. They have no answer for the literal dissolving of the nations that is taking place and the rising of the last days, end of time, one world government. It's happening right now. And whether we recognize it or not, church, we're involved in World War III. It's going on. It's just not happening. Listen, if we, have, if we today, if we would have had as many dead with bombs, guns, and bullets as we have with COVID, as we have with all these other things, suicide, drug overdose, all these other things that are going on, we, we'd be alarmed if that all happened by firearms and ordnance. But it didn't. So it's fooling people to think nothing's going on. But I'm telling you, church, something is going on ominous and dark. We've been saying it for years and years, but now is our time to rise and shine as the light of God. And listen, I know some of you, you're suffering, your sickness is trying to take you over, problems with with finances. Listen, you stand strong in the Lord and you believe God and you fight your fight of faith and you get your miracle because now is the day for the church to shine. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And we are in a unique time in history in which God is desiring and looking for people who will obey him and do what God's called them to do. Now, is it okay? Can I read this? Do you want to hear what this says? From Brother Kenneth E. Hagen. It says, the end of the age is coming upon this generation. The end of the age is coming upon this generation. The powers of darkness, the forces of evil, are rampant as never before, and they will be increased in intensity and velocity. And even many Christians will look upon these things and say, oh, there's no use. They'll throw up their hands in fertility and say, well, I guess it's over. We'll just have to hold on and pray for Jesus to come shortly because the devil is about to take everything over. But thus saith the Lord. And my tell ta- you, Brother Hagin had a way of saying that. And Brother Hagan would stand up there, and he was kind of tall and kind of a big man. And when he would say, Thus saith the Lord, it would boom, and it would echo in a village. You knew God was fixing to say something. How many, re- how many remember that? Amen? Now notice what he says. But thus saith the Lord, In this day I am searching the body of Christ to enlist soldiers... I will raise up a brand new band. I'll raise up a new army who will know how to pray against the powers of darkness. And the light will dispel the darkness. And the truth will set men free. And prayer, now listen, and prayer will break the bonds that bind men's minds, spirits, and bodies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, there are those who will learn to take their place hurriedly. See, some of you would say, well, Pastor, I would I didn't get to sit under Brother Hagin or Brother Osteen or brother. But it doesn't matter. God is saying you're going to be able to take your place quickly, hurriedly. Yeah. We're teaching these major doctrines of the body of Christ. Listen, it doesn't take long for faith to come, and it doesn't take long for you to rise up as a bold soldier of Christ. Amen. Amen. Yes, there are those who will learn to take their place hurriedly. It must be hurriedly. It must be quickly. It must be that they learn, that they enter quickly to stand against the forces of darkness and evil that will try to come against the land and against the church and against the home that would try to disrupt and destroy all that is good and all that God has endorsed. But the hand of the Lord is upon those who will listen at the urge of God in the Spirit. To those who are attentive, they will pray. The Spirit of God will help you to pray. Do not try to do it yourself though there must be labor on your part, yet at the same time rest in him. Let the spirit flow through you like a river, like a mighty wave. Let it flow through you. Give give vent to those innermost groanings. Let them escape your lips. Take the time to get alone and wait. Sometimes not not even saying anything, but on the inside of you there is an agonizing. There is a flowing out of your spirit by the Holy Ghost to the great spirit the Father of spirits, and thou shalt be sustained, and thou shalt be kept, and thy family and thy home will be sure, and stand fast, and thy children shall grow up strong and stalwart in the Lord, and they shall have no fear. Oh, glory to God. Thou shalt intercede for thy neighbor. Thou shalt intercede for thy friend. Thou shalt intercede for those in the church that have not come into the knowledge of the truth, making sincere prayer on their behalf. So the light will shine. The work of God will go forth. And the work that is to be accomplished in the next few days and months shall be because you were faithful. The Spirit of God is saying, just ahead in the realm of the Spirit, there are some great Did I get it mixed up? And glorious and marvelous things. In fact, all of those adjectives do not nearly describe, they do not even begin that that which is just on the tip of that which is about to take place. But what cannot take place, but it cannot take place without you as an individual taking your place in the arena and realm of prayer. And without a good part of the body of believers, all will, not be necessarily, all will not necessarily do it, but there must be many that will be faithful. Some will not be faithful, but without a good part of believers taking their part and place in prayer. For you see, at this time, God has great and marvelous things, wonderful things, things that will happen in the realm of the Spirit and that will manifest in the seen realm, things beyond the comprehension of most." At the same time, the enemy is making his move. Darkness will loom like a mountain in front of you. The devil will throw up every kind of roadblock in front of you. That's the reason you need to be alert to walk softly before the Lord. When I say walk softly before the Lord, I mean walk carefully. I mean that you keep yourself uncontaminated from the world and worldly thinking. See to it that you keep yourself clean and pure in every way from every evil and unclean thought that would try to come your way. See to it that you walk carefully before the Lord, not to be in bondage, but yet to be free, knowing that the Lord has set you free and will not allow Satan to entangle you. Thank God for Brother Hagin. I said, thank God. Thank you for giving us that man, Lord, but thank you for the Holy Ghost which gave us this from the Father's heart. Amen? Now, let me just say, I believe by the Word of God and by prophecies that have gone forth. I, uh, uh, Doris fixed me up a book, and they usually do keep account of all of the tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecies and things. So I was really interested to go back and look at the last uh, uh, few months of what the Lord has been saying. And actually, it almost mirrors what Brother Hagin prophesied uh, back in the, in the mid-90s. Almost mirrors it. It's time to pray. It's time to intercede. It's time to pray. Listen, one thing that that's going to do now Listen, these COVID things are not going away. Uh, They're not going to get any weaker. They're going to have more, more. they're stronger, more variances, all this kind of stuff. But you know, if we gather together and pray one for another, it can't get us. Amen. It, can, it, can, it can't get you. You say, what do you mean? If you pray for your brother, if your brother prays for you, if you pray for your sister, if your sister. You say, well, how do we pray for it? We say, Father, thank you for healing power. Thank you. And my brother's body and Fernando's body and Roland's body. Thank you, Father. And George's body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. They're healed of the Lord. They're strong in the Lord in the power of his might. That the grace of God is might. See, we intercede. We pray one for another. And the Bible says as we gather, that is what true fellowship is. True fellowship is not a barbecue. Some people try to make it that way, but it's not. True fellowship is when we gather one, uh, when we gather together and pray and intercede one for another. I pray for your home. You pray for my home. We all pray for the church. We pray for the other churches. We intercede. We're not selfish in what we're doing, but we're giving out of ourselves so that God can move among us. And in doing that, I guarantee you God will bless us, he will reward our efforts in righteousness, and we'll see things and experience things. I tell you, I sense it in my spirit. Yesterday, a few of us uh, went on a little uh, a hunting trip, and I was, uh, uh, we, we did real good, real fast. And so I was thinking about the, the guides and outfitters are wanting me, when we take pictures of what happened, they want us to find some place that kind of looks agriculture. Or so. so we found a combine. You know, they're out there cutting rice. So there's a combine, right? So we went over there to take a picture. And so uh, Brian and I were driving back, and I was kind of thinking about that combine, thinking about that combine. So I got home, and I got everything cleaned up, and I was taking a nap. And right before I, went to, I took a nap, I just started praying in the Spirit. The Lord spoke to me. said, hey, how'd you like that combine? I said, oh, that was cool. That was a really cool combine. He said, I'm trading the sickle of Island Church for the combine of the move of God. Amen. Amen. I thought, glory to God. Amen. That's worth going duck hunting right there. Amen? Hear from God. So thank God for what God is doing in our midst. Amen. Yeah, Acts chapter 16 this morning. Last week, now anybody remember last week? We, stu- we started studying the name of Jesus. But i am tell you one thing, you get, you get solid on the name of Jesus, ain't go, there's not going to be much going to mess with your life. Because I'm telling you, faith in that name can get you anything the Word of God says is already yours. There's authority in that name, there's power in that name, and I'm going to tell you something else. There's access in that name to the very throne room of God. So thank God for the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Now last week, let me just refresh you a little bit. We looked at how he got his name. It is his name. Now we can all say his name. Anybody can say his name. But it is his name through what? Through faith in his name. We saw that's what Peter said, by the Holy Ghost. Not, not, not just written by the inspiration of God, but the Holy Ghost said through the apostle Peter, it's his name through faith in his name. And he said it in such an opportunity that if there was any other reason, if it was apostolic authority, if, it, if, it's, if it's, they were physically with Jesus, so some kind of unique anointing was on them. No, none of that's true at all. What was true is this. There was a man laid by a beautiful gate That in times past, that was where people used to go to get healed when God was in Israel. Now God's not there anymore because now God's living in the heart of men. And so as they walked by that man, he reached up to beg alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have I not. But such as I have. What did they have? They had the name of Jesus. Such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And the Bible says, immediately. You're going to like this. Did you know the name of Jesus will un- uh, un- unlock the immediately? Yes. Did you know the name of Jesus will unlock the suddenlies of God? Right. All throughout the Bible. That's exactly what the name of the Lord would do. The name of the Lord would unlock the ability and the power and the provision of God. No wonder the devil don't want you know nothing about that name. So we saw three things. Uh, I want you to remember these three things. Number one, he got it through conquest. He beat the devil. I mean, he thrashed the devil. The Bible says in Colossians, he spoiled principalities and powers, it made, him op- uh, uh, made an open display of them, triumphing, uh, g- triumphing gloriously over them. You ever read that? that? That word spoil, it means not only to stop and disarm, but to take away the wealth. I mean, you can win a battle and not get any spoil. If everything's all destroyed, there's no spoil. But if you win a battle, the Bible says this. He, he bound the strong man and spoiled his goods. Amen. Amen. All right, let me try that again. Something. Let, let's bring that home a little bit. He bound the strong man and he spoiled COVID. And he spoiled cancer and he spoiled drug addiction and he destroyed diabetes and he destroyed depression and he destroyed oppression and made a show of them openly. That means he paraded them through downtown eternity, and said, these are all defeated in my name. And anyone that uses my name demonstrates their defeat. He got it through conquest. Jesus is risen. Jesus is Lord. Not even death could hold him down. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. And because of that, he got a name. I said, he got a name. You know, here, our names are fleeting. You know, if they win the Super Bowl, if they win the, the basketball tournament, you know, if they win some high prize, everybody knows their name. But then let them have a little downturn. Let them have a little setback. But i got good news. Jesus has never had a downturn. He's never had a setback. Ever since resurrection morning, he's been the high and exalted God seated at the right hand of the Father. And I'm telling you, that name takes the place of Jesus being pre- personally present with us. That's just one way he got it. Oh, yeah. Then he got it by having it conferred upon him. Philippians chapter 2. Made, was uh, made of no reputation. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but was made of no reputation. But it came in the form of man. And was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every name must bow of heaven, earth, under the earth, and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." conferred upon. You know we confer titles upon people. We confer things for people do certain work in medicine, they do certain work in science and they get some type of award conferred upon him. Well, because of what Jesus did, the Father conferred upon him a name that is above every name in the universe. I don't care what the name is. We got a better one. I don't care what the name is. We got a bigger one. I don't care what the name is. We got a stronger one. I don't care what the name is. We got a preeminent one, and that is the name of Jesus. Now, this last way in Hebrews chapter 1, it says that he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Speaking of archangels or the angelic realm. And sometimes people just, they just kind of read past that and they don't think anything about it. But all of a sudden, if you go back to Romans chapter 8, you'll see that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. That means everything Jesus got through his resurrection, which was the inheritance God had for him, was transferred to us through that resurrection power. Now, we are the inheritors of the promise. We are the inheritance of the inheritance. It belongs unto us. The name, through conquest, having it conferred, an inheritance is ours, and the information of that causes faith in that name to rise in your heart. So that when you bow your knee and you say, in the name of Jesus, you know you have access to the Father. So that when you say, in the name of Jesus, you found disease, get out of my body, you have faith that it's going to have to leave. He said, well, Pastor, I've been doing all that and that seemed to, get, seemed to be getting worse. He, you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it by faith. You just keep standing strong. You just keep using that name and I guarantee you, you will get your breakthrough and you will get your victory. Amen? Now, Acts chapter 16. Let's begin there. Just two portions of Scripture this morning. Acts 16, John 14. We'll go to Acts 16 first. I was meditating on it a little bit in my... Passion Bible, and it said a couple of things that were good. Acts chapter 16, this is a familiar story, but I wanted you to see the impact of it here. It says uh, verse, uh, what is that, verse 16, it came to pass, now this is the Apostle Paul, his entourage that has gone to obey the Macedonian call. They're there in that Philippi area. And it says, It came to pass, as we went to pray, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. Now, first of all, let me say this. That's the truth. These were men of the Most High God that were showing everybody the way to salvation. But God did not want Satan connected himself to what God was doing. You know, the enemy always tries to do that. It's called compromise. We'll just compromise here. We'll com- Usually it's your compromises that cause you your victory. Whatever you compromise, the enemy's going to take advantage of. Now here, let me just say this. Oh, this is hard to say. Your compromise of spiritual things will have immediate results in this room. Now, let me say that again. Your compromise of spiritual things. You say, what do I, I mean by living righteous, living holy, not living in sin, having a passion for the, for the Word of God, having a passion for prayer, having a passion for the church, having a passion to witness and to win others and let your life be an influence for righteousness and goodness in the earth. To live for God, not for yourself. Whoo, no amens on that one. Let me try that one again. To live for God, not for yourself. Amen. To have a hunger and thirst. The Bible says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Now listen, if you compromise that, there's immediate response in the natural realm. You say, why? Because the enemy has access to you in this realm. Yes. On the other side of the coin, you may have to labor a little bit in prayer. You may have to labor in the Word of God. You might have to fight your way into the victory, establish yourself in that victory, and never leave. Listen, I did that years ago. I got myself established in victory, and I never leave the the, the arena of victory to go out and fight. You say, why not? Because the devil's already defeated. I don't need to defeat him. All I need to do is exercise the spirit of life in Christ against the law of sin and death. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, here's this woman. This, This ain't right. Everybody say, this ain't right. The you know, things go on just not right. And this happened many days. Everybody say, many days. Yeah. Verse 18, this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said, now notice to the spirit, small s, said to the spirit, what spirit? That spirit that had possessed that woman. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out in the same hour. Now I want you to see this. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. The devil would have never come out unless someone said, come out. Amen. Amen. Listen, we don't request the devil to come out. We don't invite him to come out. We don't beseech him to come out. We command him to come out. I'm telling you, there's got to be some force in you. There's got to be some strength in you. There's got to be some authority in you like a man and woman of God that God has invested all of this in. He's invested his word in you. He's invested his spirit in you. He's invested his righteousness in you. He's invested his power in you. He wants you living in that power. He wants you living in that righteousness. He wants you living in that glory. Let me tell you, church, that has nothing to do with religion or what religion looks like. It has to do what a believer looks like that's full of the word, full of the Holy Ghost, and unintimidated by the devil or anything the devil can do. I'll get a better amen than that. Now here's this woman, but thank God she got set free. This she did many days, Paul being grieved, turned about. Now some people ask, why would Paul let that go on many days? Well, because especially with deliverance, you can't do anything outside of an unction. Amen? Amen. I've seen some of these. We talked about some of these men of God, you know. I've seen some. I saw Brother Hayden one time grab somebody and shake him like a rat. I thought, my goodness, you're gonna kill that person. He was shaking him and shaking him and shaking him and shake. I guess he was shaking the devil out of him. But by the time he finished with them, they were healed in their back. God had totally removed some kind of growth or something that was up under their arm. They were totally healed. There was another woman came up in one of his al- altars. I wasn't there. This happened actually way back in the 50s, who had a tumor in her stomach that made her look she was pregnant. You know, and everybody was praying. Oh, Lord. He, Brother Hagan walked up and he stood there. He said, the Lord spoke to her said, ball your fist up and, st- and hit her in the stomach as hard as you can. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, he's six foot and standing there, big man, here's this little woman down there shaking because she's so sick with this huge tumor. He said, finally, I knew I had to do it. He said, I reached back with my fist and I hit her. He said, by the time my fist hit her stomach, it looked like a pin going into a balloon and that thing just went down to nothing and was gone. That's authority. That's power. That's faith, but there has to be an unction. Everybody saying unction. You say, what does that mean? There'll be things you will do by the word of God just because you know to do it. Don't let, don't let the devil mess with your mind. Yeah. I was talking yesterday to a friend of mine. We were talking about how you got to, I mean, uh, many, for many years, I'd be, people thought I was crazy, be walking in the mall, walking somewhere. And I'd say, no, I'm not thinking that in the name of Jesus. Oh, I "I remember walking up, a, up a, a, a ramp to go onto an airplane. I was flying in an international flight, and I had been fighting some fear over some bad flights I'd been on. And I'm walking up, and people are behind me, and a preacher friend of mine is in front of me. And I just said, I said, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to think like that. And he just went, and the lady turned around and said, what did you say? And I said, don't worry about what he said. <laughs> Amen. I mean, sometimes you just got to be bold in the Lord, in the power of his might. There are things you do need an unction for, but listen, that's usually left to the very major part of what ministry does with giftings and anointing. The major part of life, every one of you have that power. Every one of you have that anointing. Every one of you have the name of Jesus. You bear it. It's yours. You're saved because of it. You're healed because of it. You have a home in heaven because of it. You might as well live in its power on the earth. Now, John chapter 14, how's my time? John chapter 14. Now, this is Jesus teaching us in verse 12 of John chapter 14. Now, notice. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believeth on me... Now, this is Jesus speaking. He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now listen, this portion of Scripture has really been a part of my life for many years. To meditate upon this Scripture and to really feed on what Jesus is telling us here empowers you because these are words of authority from the man or the God of authority releasing that authority to you. Now it's almost, it's almost mind-blowing. When you look at the works of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Jesus pauses and says, "Now the works that I do, well, what are the works are you doing, Jesus? Well, I'm healing the sick. Uh-uh. I'm bringing provision into people's lives. I'm still in the storm. I'm casting out devils. Amen. I'm doing supernatural work. So the works that I do, Amen." The works that I do, now notice this, the works that I do shall you do also and even greater. Now, I've heard of some greater miracles. We were with an evangelist years ago, we were actually having dinner with him, R.W. Shambach. How many of you remember R.W. Shambach? My goodness, he could preach. He had told the story. I heard him tell it on TBN many times. I'd heard others rehearse it, other ministers in the pulpit talk about this miracle of this baby that happened in an A.A. Allen meeting back in 1956 and how this woman had crossed the state line from where she lived and brought this incredibly uh, Brother Schambach said all it looked like was a lump of flesh. And the only way you could distinguish that it was a baby is there was two slits where the eyes should be and two holes where the nose should be. Blind, deaf, crippled, horribly crippled. Just, just, he said this was the worst case I had ever seen. And he said night after night after night went by and nothing ever happened for this woman. And this was the last night. And she came to Brother Shambach. He was the song leader. He was the praise and worship leader. Came to him and said, when is the man of God going to minister to my child? When is the man? This is documented. You can go look this up, find it out. He says, when is the man of God going to minister? And we wanted it from the horse's mouth, from Brother Shambach. So he said to the woman, if he does not minister to you tonight, he had a little trailer that he lived in. He said, I will take you to the man of God's trailer and he'll minister to you personally. Some things conspired in the meeting, some things happened. She ended up coming up with that little, that little lump of flesh. And he said that Brother, uh, Brother Allen took that, took that baby in his arms, and he said, Everybody closed their eyes. I remember Brother Shambach when he was telling a story. He said, I was not about to close my eyes. <laughs> He said, I was not about to, I had to see what God was fixing to do. He said, Brother Allen began to walk that altar back and forth, holding that baby, praying for that baby, praying for that baby. He said, all of a sudden, the glory of God. And we asked him, what does that mean? He said, literally, the atmosphere changed and became charged like there were 220 or 200,000 volts of just pulsating in that tent. He said, first thing that happened is those two slits opened up. He said, in those two slits were two, he said, they looked like milky masses, and they began to spin clockwise. He said, when they finished spinning, there were two perfect blue eyes. He said, all of a sudden, it looked like a hand reached down and stretched out that face and Let it pop. He said, every feature of that face, the nose, the face became very discernible. He says, there was really no determined sex of the child. So you know what happened there. He said, instantly that child became a little boy. He said, next thing you know, those club feet, they just rolled out off of those legs and were straight up like this. He said, that child just straightened up. He said, you could hear bones popping and parts moving. He said, Dr. Allen, set that baby down like that. And that baby ran across that platform hollering, mama, Mama, Mama. Well, listen, church, I love that, but I don't want to sit here and rehearse testimonies of yesterday and think that was great and have no faith for doing it today. Can I get a better amen than that? I mean, I've seen it. I've seen, we've seen it in our own meetings. We've seen the blinds, eyes open. We've seen the crippled. But I thank God for yesterday, but we're living in the now, the nasty now and now. And we've got to have some faith in that name. And Jesus said in his word, greater works, greater works, greater works. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, I'll do that. Now notice this, verse 13. Here is a key that we must understand about the name of Jesus. It says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? Why will you do that, Jesus? For our comfort's sake? No, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Now, the word ask does not carry the weight that we need. The real word ask when it comes to petition and request is not this word. That word is in John chapter 16, speaking of prayer and praying in the name of Jesus. We do not pray to Jesus. Now, hold on. We worship Jesus. We glorify. We talk to him. But when it comes to our desires, our petition and request, we do not pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father in his name. And the Bible says the Father's going to do it. Now, this one here, it says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. That word ask is, is literally translated out of the Greek. The Greek word is to command or demand. Are you with me? Now, you're, listen, you're not commanding or demanding of God. Let me say that again. In no way whatsoever does it insinuate that you demand or command of God. You are demanding that that devil leave. You are commanding that that fever break. You are commanding that the devil gets his hands off of your finance. Well, I'm just waiting for God to do something. No, he's waiting for you to do some great works. He's waiting for you to take that name and shove that name in the face of the devil and say, if you can, if you can come across this name and across this bloodline, you can have me. But you can't come across it because you're forever defeated and forever under our feet. Listen. There's no other way to say it. Some of you are going to have to get rough with the devil. You've been playing with him for a long time. You've been, you know, uh, entertaining his little thoughts. And every once in a while, you know, I'm so depressed and I'm so depressed. Listen, it's not. It's the devil doing it to you. And you're allowing it. Rise up. Rise up in faith. I've had to do it in our own home. Just kick the devil. Get your stinking sickness and disease. Get out of this house in the name of Jesus. Take your poverty life. Load up and get out of this house in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm just kind of waiting for the Lord to do so. He's not going to do it. He empowered you to do it in the name of Jesus so that Jesus gets the honor, Jesus gets the glory, and you get the benefit. Amen. You're going to have to demand and command. Listen, I'll tell you the way I pray over my life now. Listen, I, dem- I, I speak I speak to these things. I speak to COVID. I say, no. I demand you to stay away from me. I command you. If you get on my flesh, if you get in my nostrils, if you get on my lungs, you die and I live. Well, if you don't establish that now, you think you're going to do it flat on your back on a respirator? You better start doing it now, every day. Every day you need to be saying, no, I'm not submitting to this. I'm not submitting to the devil. I'm not submitting to the flesh of man or the will of man. I'm living for God. I'm a child of God living on the earth in the last of the last days. I refuse to be weak. I refuse not to walk in authority. I refuse not to be fired up for God. You got to make a decision to do it. Or you're going to wash out in apathy and complacency. Now, I'm going to close with this. I really talked to the Lord before doing this. Because I, I, you know, sometimes you think, well, you don't want to offend anybody, you don't want to hurt anybody, but my God, you don't want to lose anybody. And I know we fight some fights around here physically. And I know we see, we say, well, we lost this. We don't lose anybody. If somebody dies, they go to heaven. That's not lost, that's the greatest gain in the Bible. But there are some fights taking place in this church. I'm not talking about among people. I'm talking about you and the devil, you and a sickness or disease, you and poverty and lack, whatever. But I want you to consider something about your own et- eternal destiny. You remember the great moves of God at times past. There was one element of the moves, those moves of God that they did not have that we have today. And that is the undeniable expectancy of the rapture of the church. There's nothing left, church. Well, I take that back. There is one thing left. You say, what is that? The harvest. The harvest has to come before the rapture takes place. The word of God in demonstration and power must be preached to this world. The harvest must come in. And that, listen, that can happen in six weeks. That can happen in six months. That can happen very quickly. Look how quick all this other craziness has happened. God knows how to do what he needs to do. And we're being positioned for that right now. But as your pastor, I urge you with all of my heart to serve God with the element of the church in your life. Now let me try that again. Serve God and let the church be your platform for service. You say, nah, uh, Pastor, uh, now listen, I, I, we come, we love you. We love, the ch- we love you, you know. But you know, we just can't be here all the time. And you know, we just, uh, we're for you, we're for you. And you know, and we're going to give to you. Yeah. We, and, but but uh, all of that's well and good. But here's the problem we studied it, and maybe I need to reteach it. What's going to happen that's in the Bible? We have to believe it like we believe John three sixteen. Although it seems so far off, so abstract, how can all of a sudden we blink our eyes and be in the air with Jesus? Because the Word says it. Yes. Yes. So he's coming to the earth, and he's not going to look individually at all the sons and daughters of God. What's he coming back for? He's coming back for something called his bride. And if you study all of the aspects of that, it's like a Jewish wedding ceremony, both with the preparation and the ceremony that leads to the union of the two. You say, what do you mean by that? There's going to be a union of the two, of the Son of Jesus and His church. You do not want to miss that. That comes into the lives of those that are serving God in the church in the last days, because when He brings up the church, He brings you up if you're a part of the church functioning not apathetic complacent hanging around the edges of the peripherals in doubt and unbelief but actually doing what god says which is to serve the lord within the confines of the church and to watch and to pray i don't want nobody left here that's ever been a part of island church nobody you say what all things being equal according to the word of god if you do not make the rapture of the church you will lose your salvation and die and go to a sinner's hell. Now, most people look at you when you say that, like, you are out of your mind. You need to study the Bible, and you need to see what the Word of God says about those who forsake their grace in the last days and who make a decision to just let things ride out without being a participant in what God is doing. That Jesus, listen, Jesus is coming back for the participators. I'm telling you that as your pastor, I'm telling you that by the Word of God. He's returning for what? A glorious church, which is the government of God on the earth, but it is the bride of heaven, which God is going to bring to heaven. And no other group of people, when you get to heaven as a part of the church in the rapture, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see Old Testament saints. You're going to see others that may have came into heaven like Enoch before the law was given. You're going to see other people that are not part of this dispensation, but this dispensation, every time God does something throughout eternity, he's not going to say, hey, Old Testament saints, come on. Hey. Tribulation saints, come on. Hey, all you that were born during the thousand year millennium and got saved, y'all come on. No, all you that were saved or came to heaven before, uh, before the law was, y'all, you know what, he's not going to say nothing to them. You know what he's going to say? He's going to say, church, come with me. We're going to demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God and his power throughout the ages of time and the expanses of eternity. He will use the church. He will use the church. Everyone else will be at rest. Everyone else will be in their place in heaven. But he will be using us for what? All the glory that he wants to demonstrate in the universe. That should burn the complacency out of you. That should burn anything that would keep you back from fully following God, using that name. And when Jesus comes and that, that the sound of an archangel happens in the east... And the trump of God sounds. Listen, I plan by the time the trump sounds, I'm going to be halfway there. (laughs) Ain't nothing going to hold me back. I said, if nothing's going to hold me, to... man, Pastor, what if the church dissolves, goes down, the... I'll go find me a church. I'll be the janitor. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll mow the grass. I'll trim the hedges. I'll do whatever it takes to be in the church, to be a righteous man of God. And when that trump sounds, I'm gone in Jesus' name. Glory to God. The Bible says in the last days that the ministry should exhort with these words and comfort the men and women in the church, knowing that God has you in the palm of his hand. For these last days, for the church, there's grace. For the church, oh, there's mercy, unmeasured mercy. For the church, there's provision and healing. For the church... There's the, uh, I said it the other day. I wrote a note to a friend of mine, and, and I used the word "favor of God" (F.O.G.). I said that's, that's he was describing something that happened. I said that's, that's the F.O.G. He said, "What's that? That's the favor of God." Amen. We're operating in the fog. Amen. Favor of God. Favor of God. Favor of God. Favor of God. Now, as I close, let me just say this: Reach over in your own life to whatever type of Device you turn up your participation with and turn it up in kingdom things. Just consecrate to yourself. I'm gonna pray more. I'm gonna study the word more. I'm gonna cut off all this sewage that's going through my mind from Hollywood and the news media and all that stuff. I'm gonna start listening to some, some righteous teaching and preaching. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into the word and I'm gonna come to church and I'm gonna study with my heart open. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen so carefully for God to speak and say, this is the way walking in it. I'm going to find my path of healing. I'm going to be healed totally and completely because Jesus said by his stripes, I was healed. I'm going to prosper financially. I'm not going to be broke and never have enough and and, and starve to death. I'm going to have abundance and no lack. I'm going to live righteous and holy. And I guarantee you this little portion of time that has been set apart for the effect of eternity will be a glorious time. And you'll look back one day and you'll say, thank God I was in the church. I served God in the last of the last days, for it has saved my life eternally. Amen. You know, a lot of people, I was like that. I got backslid. I was backslid when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16. And I, you know, you're, you, you go to school, you rationalize your mind. And I thought to myself, well, you know, if the rapture takes place, here's the way I thought. You know, if the rapture takes place, well, I'll get a new car. Because, you know, I knew my mom and dad were going up in the rapture. So I'd, I'd get their house, get their car. Pop may even have some money in his bill you know. Amen? So I began to rationalize in my mind, you know, smoking dope and hanging out and doing all this kind of stuff, of how I was going to live after the rapture. But, you know, the devil, he, he'll string you out, especially if you've got people praying for you, he always pushes you too far. Yes, he does. So one day at an at a, at a event at our home in which uh, uh, Cheryl, my sister, had come back to the Lord and was gloriously restored and went into ministry and was part of a wonderful ministry team and, and came back. And her and my mom and dad had been at, a, at a, 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 a Lakewood convention up in Houston. And so I walked in on a Saturday morning, you know, just kind of, half dazed and confused from the night before and they were having this conversation at the table and they were talking about you know what Brother Hagin said what John Osteen said there was a, I think Jerry B Walker was What Jerry B Walker? And some other they were just naming these ministers and what they said and I, I stand there I said this I said I'll be glad when the rapture takes place <laughs> by this time I'm about 20 years old I'll be glad When the rapture takes place and gets you out of here, get all y'all out of here. And my mama, if you didn't know her, she was a pill. She said this He's thinking about the rapture. That's what she said. She said, because I know, I know, i tell you exactly. I was there and it it impacted me like you shot me with a gun. He said, she said, it's thinking about the rapture. He's thinking about the rapture. He's thinking about the word. Well, if he's thinking about the rapture, he's thinking about the word. And then she said this, it won't be long now. It won't be long now. (laughs) See, everything in life (laughs) indicates where your faith is. Their faith was for their son, their backslidden sons at the time. And they knew. He's still thinking about the rapture. Won't be long now. Won't be long. And it wasn't long. When the Word of God gets into your heart, you can't run far enough. There's no place on this planet, there's not a pleasure great enough. There's nothing you can do that compares to living for God. Since March the 4th, 1984, I have lived. Thought about this the other day. I've lived the most exciting life I believe anyone one can live. I thank God that my name's not in lights. I thank God that I'm not big and famous in ministry. I thank God for the influence that I do have where I'm at. And I thank God for the international influence that I have. I thank God for my family and friends. I thank God for the company of ministers that I'm with. And I especially thank God for you, Island Church. And I pray for you every day. And these things that I teach and preach, I do not do it. I don't do it just, well, okay, I pray every week, Lord, what are you saying to Island Church? What are you saying to me? What are you speaking to us as a people? We need your help. Recently, I found myself praying this, show us the future, Lord. Show us what's coming. Don't let us be unprepared and caught unawares. Show us the future. Spirit of God, you're the one that shows us things to come. God gives us these mile markers. That's why it says in Proverbs, you ever wonder why the prophecies in, in, in the book of Proverbs, it says, do not remove the ancient uh, 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 landmarks. No, there were two reasons. One of them, they marked the, they marked the ley lines of, the, of how they divided up the land with the people. They put ancient marks there. But every one of them, every one of those marks bore a testimony of how that tribe or that family took that area how God gave them the victory. Every one of those landmarks represented the Word of God. Or we'd say it like this, like a prophecy from a real prophet is like a landmark of God saying, this is what's coming. Sure, there's going to be darkness. Sure, there's going to be pain. Sure, there's going to be some fights. But oh, the glory of God in the midst of it. You'll be so thankful. You'll be so grateful. You won't have to live with that knot in your gut all the time wondering what's going to happen next. Or every time you have a sneeze or a cough, thinking, do I have COVID now? You may laugh, but there are people that are terrified. Terrified. Did you know there are people, and I'm not saying like four or five in a community, I'm telling you, thousands and thousands of people have not left their homes for 18 months. And it's beginning to develop a, men- a mental problem in people's minds. They're isolated. They're alone. They're, they're, they're fodder for the devil. And he's beating their brains out. Some of them live next door to you, next door to you, behind you, in front of you, in the apartment complex you live in, the neighborhood you live in. And God has raised you up to be a man or woman of faith and courage in this, in this day and hour so you can be an answer to their fear. I'll tell you, God is moving. And we need to be a part of all that God is doing. Bow your heads real quick. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we so love you. We don't want anyone to miss anything that God does. Awaken our hearts that we are in the last days. This is what Brother Hagin and Brother Roberts prophesied about. This is the words that your great prophet David Wilkerson wrote about. People chastised him. Even his own denomination was afraid of him. And the words were so ominous when he spoke them. But now we see them. We've seen the cities burn. We've seen the the pandemics come. We've seen the social unrest. We've seen all the evil and wicked dark things that is said about the fallen human family coming upon the earth. But in the midst of it, Lord, you've set a light. That light is the life of the world. And his name is Jesus. He's with us here in the form of a message. He abides and empowers us by the powerful Holy Spirit. God, as much as God is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Thank you, Father. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I don't really know. A lot of these things you're talking about are foreign to me. All I know that if I were to die, I don't know where I would go. And I want to know today. Or you're hearing you say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've not got the passion that you have. I don't have the desire to serve God. As a matter of fact, I'm out of fellowship with God. I need to be right with God this morning. I need what I've been doing to be forgiven, and I need a fresh start with God. So either one of those two categories, if you want prayer today, would you lift your hand right now? Anyone at all? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just wait just a moment. We have one hand over here. God bless you. Thank you. Put your hand down once you've raised it. Anyone else? Anyone else? We have one that have raised their hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Another over here. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly. Now, the way we're doing it uh, right now until God changes it, We're not having people come up to the altar or anything. We're just letting you raise your hand as an act of faith. And then the church is going to stand with you. And we're going to all pray a prayer together. And after we pray that prayer, you that raised your hand, it's going to be settled. It's going to be done. You're going to be right with God when you walk out this door. Amen? Anyone else? Quickly. Two have raised their hand. You don't have to raise your hand. I see another hand. God bless you. You can put that down. Anyone else? Quickly. Another Another hand right there. God bless you. Another hand right there. God bless you. Another hand right there. God bless you. Anyone else? Quickly, I'll look one more time. You don't have to raise it a second time, but if you've not raised your hand, another hand. God bless you. Everyone stand, if you will. Now, church, pray with us. Everyone pray out loud so your own ears can hear what what your mouth is saying. And listen, when we pray this, settle it. I prayed one prayer, knelt in front of a television set. You know, I've never thought about that before. I've never thought about that. Huh, that's amazing how God will bring to your remembrance things. I prayed one prayer. One prayer. Knelt in front of a television. In front of, in front of Billy Graham. And I've never prayed that prayer again. And I settled it right there. I settled it. He said, Well, did you, you ever do anything wrong since then? I did something wrong the next day. I went and got high with my brother. You remember that, Alan, when I came to your house? I'm not telling off on him. I'll never forget. I, I can close my eyes and see it. They lived over here off 63rd. I went up and knocked on the door, walked in. He's sitting on the couch. He just got home from Todd's shipyard. And uh, I, told, I walked in. I said, roll one up. He reached under his cla- uh, 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 couch and pulled out a big old tray and rolled one up. He lit it off, took a hit off it, handed it to me. I took a hit off handed it back to him. This is what I said. I said, well, let's enjoy this one. This is the last one I'll ever smoke with you. He said, what? And by that time, Pat was in the kitchen cooking. I remember she walked out. She heard that. She walked out and stood in the doorway of the kitchen and where the deal was. And she kind of said, what? And I said, that's the last one I'll ever smoke with you. I've given my heart to the Lord and I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. And Pat, she went nuts. (laughs) She grabbed me like she ain't never grabbed me since. Danced around. And I know, listen, I know. There were a few weeks and months there where people kind of thought, well, is this really going to happen? But it happened. I said it happened. That was on a Friday night. Sunday morning, I dressed myself in a suit. I had one suit that I had gotten for a a funeral of one of our relatives. And I went to church, and I really don't remember what the preacher preached, but when he said, if you need to get right with God, I ran down to the altar. I put my hands up, and God refilled me with the Holy Ghost. And I've been full of the Holy Ghost ever since. I don't care how many times you've tried it and failed. You've got to make a decision to try it and not fail. And the way you make a decision to try it and not fail is to quit trying it and start doing it. You've got to be a doer of the Word of God. Church, you ready to pray with all these? About six or seven is raised. Out loud, all of you that raise your hand, out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father. You sent your Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles died on a cross, rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, errors of my life that are not pleasing to you, habits, vices, addictions, thoughts, I renounce them. Devil, get out of my life. Look at me. I do not belong to you. I belong to the Father. I belong to Jesus. I have the Holy Ghost living in me. Heavenly Father, you know my weaknesses. You know where I'm not strong. Help me to get right, stay right, to be the man or the woman of God you've called me to be. Give me a passion for God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I'm saved. I'll never be the same. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Now lift your hands and thank God. Come on, lift your hands and thank God. Thank God for all these people. Father, we pray for all those that lifted their hand, that a great big want to right now goes into them, and they will want to serve God in the church all the days of their life in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Now I'm going to pray and dismiss before we do. Uh, here in about, it's 1149, so about, about noon, about straight up noon, here in about 10 minutes, uh, we will have a memorial service for Sister Frances. Amen. Ray weighs that Brother Ray. So we have a couple of things prepared. If you want to stay over and be a part of that and kind of honor her life. She's in heaven. Amen. I said she's in heaven. Amen. Where we all want to be, amen? So we're going to do that for just a few minutes uh, here. So uh, I'll pray and we can be dismissed, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Lord, your presence is so, so good in here right now. Uh, Lord, just let us, let us each take a little piece of it home with us, Father. Lord, we thank you for the kingdom work we did at the altar, that these sick people are healed, these oppressed people are delivered. And we thank you, Father, prayers have been answered in Jesus' name. Lord, as we leave this morning, we appropriate... Your provision from Psalms 91, declaring over all of Island Church, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Therefore, as we drive on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, any other way of travel or transportation, thank you that we are the blessed of God. In the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, wherever we work, whether it be out in the ocean, whether it be up in the uh, medical branch, out in the petrochemical plants, it's thank you, Father. No evil plans of the devil. No wicked plans of men. We even push back against the COVIDs, the flus, the sicknesses, the diseases, and the accidents the enemy would try to arrange. We say no in the name of Jesus. We walk in the light and the life of God. Stir within our hearts the spirit of evangelism. Let us leave today with that heart in us to touch the hurting, so many, Lord, even those we talk about, haven't even left their house for a year and a half. Fear has gripped them. They're still in a panic. Thank you, Lord. We carry the answer, the precious name of Jesus, the life of God you have entrusted to us. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, and anointed by the